online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, AfterBuzz TV fans, welcome to the Spotlight On with Spencer Garrett. Uh, Spencer, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. It's good to be here. Awesome. Thanks for it's having good me. to have you. Yeah. Totally. Well, you're known for being that guy from that thing. I, I am that guy from that thing. Very famously. Yes. And yes. now things have sorted to snowball all of a sudden. I mean, you've been at this for a long time, but recently just a crazy amount of projects. Yeah, little 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 bananas in the last right. couple of years. Yeah, in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. So now, I mean, now I think it's that guy from everything. But I, yeah, I, I hope it's not. I hope I'm not too ubiquitous. I'm 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 just blessed and grateful for the work. I'm 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 happy that it's all it's all coming at kind of at the same time, uh, one right after the other. Which is as an actor, that's you know that's that's how you want it to be. But uh, it's been it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, you're basically known as a character actor where yeah. you play um, a large part the same type of role, guys in suits, lawyers, politicians, that kind of thing. But you've done other stuff. First question for you, I guess, do you search for that? Like, how do you... Well, I, yeah, I I think it's fair to say, like, early in my career, I started out playing a lot of guys in suits. I played a lot of senators and lawyers and sort of callow, yuppie, jerky types. And I think at a certain point, I I kind of took a step back and said, I, I want to do this for a while. I'm I'm a lifer. I mean, this is my my job and my livelihood. And I didn't want to get stuck in the box. And I was kind of starting to feel like I was being put in a little bit of a box and playing the same types of characters. So I, I, I took some time and, and stepped back and, and started turning some of those kinds of roles down uh, and started looking for more kind of indie stuff and, and more charactery stuff where I could you know i mean as an actor what what we we love to do is is play dress up and play different parts and play different characters i mean growing up as a kid being the child of of an actor and a grandchild of an actor uh you know my grandparents were actors my mom's an actor so i grew up you know playing dress up and with my friends and you know running around the house and putting on cowboy hats and stuff and so you know i i didn't want to i didn't wanna, i don't want to be stuck playing the same guy for a long time so uh I got lucky with uh, with Michael Mann. We were talking about earlier when they uh, went into read for Public Enemies, and I went into read for a part that was uh, a real character part. It was something that was a real departure for me. And when I looked at it, I thought, "This is not something I'm going to get cast in." And I asked the casting director. I said, "Can you let me read for the FBI guy or the you know the guy in the suit or whatever?" And she said, "No, I've I've seen you play this guy." A million times. I want to see you do something different. And it was actually I credit Bonnie Timmerman, the casting director, with with uh, kind of pulling me out of the box and and allowing me to be seen as something different. And that I I, I, I say probably Public Enemies kind of changed the the trajectory to a certain extent in allowing me to do more character stuff and wear more you know more different hats and 
different kind of put on different faces and and play different roles. So right in that movie, you sort of play a bad guy. Yeah, is that something you like? Do you want to play oh, more no, villains? I mean, they're the most delicious characters to play. I love playing bad guys. Any give me a bad guy anytime. They're, <laughs> they're the most fun to play. You know, I mean, I, I'm happy to play any type of character, but the bad guys are the ones, you know, the ones that really that have the the depth and the layers, and that are much more fun to explore for sure. Absolutely. Um, you said on your AMA that you have to love all of the characters you play, even if they're evil. Has there any, ever been a character that was tough for you or more challenging than others to sort of acclimate yourself with? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I, I look at each role... The same, I mean, I approach each each role that I do kind of the same way. I kind of build him from the ground up, and uh, I mean, it starts with the writing. It starts with the you know, if, you, if you've got a terrific writer, the writer the writer does most of the work for you. And uh, as an actor, my job is to take the writing and and you know build this guy and 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 create something out of the out of the writer's words uh, that I can make my own and that I can own. So uh, whether it's a bad guy or a good guy or a president or a senator or uh, like the guy I'm playing on Satisfaction or the guy I'm playing on Aquarius right now. They're two totally different guys, which is fun. Um, and I'd say they're, you know, the guy in Aquarius is, you're gonna find that he's definitely got some darkness to him, so he goes down some roads that, uh, uh, that I've never really explored before as an actor, so, so that's really fun to play. So I, you know, I just, I, I, I have, I have fun with, with every, every character I play, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Right. Given yeah. that you're involved in so many different characters at this moment, I mean, everything's sort of coming out uh, at the same time, and I know that your shooting schedules have sort of been back-to-back. Has it ever been tough for you to say, this is where this character ends and a new one begins? How do you juggle you mean, carrying do I, do multiple... Mean, do, I bring, do I bring these guys home with me? Do exactly, I bring, yeah. Do I, if I'm playing a, a dark, <laughs> evil serial killer, do I do I bring them home with... To, no, I mean, I, I, I leave... I'm not one of those... I'm not one of those guys that, that you know, I, I leave them in the trailer. I leave them in the trailer in the dressing room. I tend to, I tend to be good at separating and being, being able to leave, especially if it's somebody really, really dark and nasty and awful. Um, I mean, the character in Public Enemies was, you know, he was a, he was a, he was a, a cold hardened killer. He was a bad, bad guy, uh, who killed people for a living, you know, and a lot of, a lot of darkness there. So I, I, I leave him in the trailer when I go home and enjoy the rest of my life. So I have a lot of respect for the guys that can, you know, that do that and they, they, they really invest so much that, uh, but sometimes I think it really, it, it messes with your own real life. You know, I, I, I live my real life and I leave my, my character life, my fantasy life on the soundstage. Right. Coming from a long line of people in the industry, um, was there any doubt in your mind when you were growing up where you would end up career wise? Yeah. I, I didn't always want to do this. Uh, I, uh, when I was in, I went to college to get a degree, and I was a public policy and philosophy major when I started out at Duke University. And I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I'm still trying to figure that out. But when I was in college, um, I kind of thought I was going to, uh, you know, be a lawyer or you know, work in foreign service or work on Capitol Hill or something. Uh, acting wasn't really something that you know, it, it wasn't something that I aspired to when I was a kid. Um, I had seen the roller coaster ride that my mom went on. My mom was has done something like 800 television shows and was president of the Screen Actors Guild, and so I come from a long line of that. And I've seen it's a it's a very difficult business. It's a very hard business, and so it wasn't something that I 
immediately chose to jump into. I was kind of looking at other things to do as a kid. And then I kind of, I was doing a lot of theater in college, and I kind of woke up one day and was like, yeah, what else, what else, what else would I rather do? I, you know, I, I didn't know whether I was any good at it, but at least I wanted to try. And so I'm, uh, my old teacher, Sanford Meisner, said it takes 20 years to become a good actor. So I, I've been in it, I've been doing it about 25 years, and I think I'm just kind of getting my, getting the groove, just kind of getting the hang of it. So I'm going to give it a little bit more time and see how it works <laughs> out. Nice. Well, it's working out pretty well okay. so far. You're yeah. in a lot of great projects. Um, Sanford also mentioned that acting is the ability to live truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Nicely done. What does that mean to you? Uh, exactly what it says. It's uh, the the ability to live truthfully. To be, I mean, the the best actors, the ones that I grew up admiring and wanting to emulate, the the Robert Duvalls and the Gene Hackmans and the Al Pacinos, really work from and Dustin Hoffman. And I've gotten to work with two out of those four so far and and the you know the, their best work really comes from a place of truth and you know whether you're on stage or 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 play a character in a movie or a television series you're obviously you're in imaginary circumstances and you want to bring as much much truth and honesty uh as you can to you know to honor that character and it's like you were saying earlier uh, you know, and I, I guess I was quoted as saying, you know, I don't, I don't judge my characters. I don't judge them whether they're good or bad. I just want to bring as much honesty to, to them, to that portrayal as, as I possibly can. So that's, that's what Sandy's quote means to me and has always meant to me. And, you know, I, I always kind of have it sort of on a, on a bulletin board in my head whenever I go into the trailer. I always think about that, you know, just, uh, be as honest as you can and be as real as you can and, and, uh, and then hopefully the rest will come. Awesome. Well, um, question about that. In this year, you were in an episode of Franklin Bash. Mm. Uh, you played Jeff Lisk. Yes. A little bit different than another guy that's I wearing a suit. I haven't seen it yet. I have, I, I, somebody asked me about it today that saw it. It was on a, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And uh, I, st- I, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I just remember uh, laughing more than I had laughed as a character in a long time. Obviously, I don't get to laugh that much in the characters that I play. So this was fun. And the director, Kevin Bray, was a guy that directed the pilot of Satisfaction. So we had a nice little history there. And, you know, I got to play this guy who was stoned. And so when we got to the scene where I was, my wife and I were, it was revealed that we're the the pot dealers, I guess, um, he just let me run free. And I, I haven't seen it yet, but I just remember giggling for quite a long time. And we had a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Because it's, it's nice to be able to sort of cut loose. And, you know, we, we, just, we just laughed all day long. And that's a real treat to be able to do that, especially when you're playing, uh, you know, when you're playing dark guys and, you know, jerks. Yeah, it's nice to mix it up a, a bit. I yes. mean, um, the, I guess the gift of an actor is that you get to basically do any, every job that exists. If you're lucky to find, if work you're in that if area. you're lucky, you get to you get to wear you get to wear a lot of different hats. I mean, it's all about it's all about playing dress up. So yeah, um, and this was a this was a chance for me to kind of have fun and be funny, which I I, I don't get to do as much as I would like to. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about comedy. Um, what is something that you have done, gotten to learn as an actor that you really cherish, like that you maybe wouldn't have done otherwise if you're in a different profession? That I wouldn't have done otherwise? I, wow. The One of the very first things that I got to do as an actor starting out was, I mean, I grew up 
uh, gosh, I mean, Robert Duvall to me was uh, Robert Duvall. First of all, is somebody that that my mom studied with. They were young actors together with Sanford Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse. Um, so it was a nice kind of full circle for me getting to study with him. You know, forty years later, um, but getting to be uh, getting to be cast in a movie with Robert Duvall, who was one of my one of my heroes, and uh, and getting to spend three months with him driving down dusty Texas roads in a 1936 Hudson convertible uh, with a Texas accent, and you know, sitting next to this guy who I just absolutely revered, and I remember uh, uh, I remember very distinctly that. Uh, I was I was I was quite young and 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 a little nervous about being next to my idol sitting next to me and uh man I was chewing I was chewing gum and kind of gave myself a limp and I was doing all of these sort of actory things I really just wanted I wanted to I wanted to outact Robert Duvall <laughs> and at one point he pulled me aside he's like kid he says I know what you're trying to do he says don't do it he said he said I'm Robert Duvall and you know <laughs> And uh, let me do the let me do the heavy lifting here, and I just kind of sat back. And that was but it was a big lesson that I learned, um, especially having come out of studying with Mr. Meisner, who was all about kind of keeping it simple. So that was a very great object lesson for me when I first started out: was just keep it simple, keep it real, and never ever try to outact Robert Duvall <laughs> ever. I never will. Is that something you still think about today? I mean, obviously, where you are now is much different than where you were when you started out. Is that Something you continue to think about? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you mean that that experience with him, or well, yeah, uh, that lesson. If you are ever sort of the when the revolt roles are reversed a bit, if you're ever working with a inexperienced new actor, I've, I've worked ever... with I worked with plenty of young actors that have that have said, okay. I'm working with Spencer Garrett. Let me see if I can, you know, let me see if I can throw down with this guy. And I've I've had people that have been on screen with me that have tried to outact me. And so now I'm now I'm kind of like the grizzled <laughs> veteran going, I see what you're doing. You know, I, I see I see what you're doing, kid. It's interesting. It's interesting to be sort of in that position now after doing this for for so long. But uh, uh, I, I if I had the thimble full of talent that Robert Duvall had, I'd be a pretty happy camper. So, you know. Well, yeah, he's um, what a great person to to have worked with. Indeed. Um, other than acting, yeah. I know that you've done um, some directing, a mm-hmm. few plays here in L.A. Produced my first film two years ago. Um, Below the Beltway, please tell us about that. Uh, Below the Beltway is a project that came to me uh, a a guy that I worked with on the movie Bobby. Uh, a couple years ago that Emilio Estevez directed about the last day in the life of Robert Kennedy. Uh, he was a guy that was working in the production office and he was tapped by Emilio one day. Uh, Emilio was walking through the production office and said, has anybody ever told you that you look like Bobby Kennedy? And this guy who was the production accountant, this guy Dave Francis, was plucked out of his chair in the office and went to the hair and makeup trailer and they threw a suit on him and he became the body double for Bobby Kennedy in the movie. He and I became friends over the course of this three-month shoot. And a couple of years later, Dave contacted me and he said, I've got this great script that sort of fell into my lap. It's about a, a senator in D.C. And I went, I can do that. I can play a senator. And he said, well, you're, you're the guy. You are, you're the guy that everybody wants. And it's basically it's going to be you and we're going to cast a bunch of local D.C. actors. And I said, terrific. And, and he said, that's the good news. The bad news is we're going to pay everybody, you know, everybody's going to get like a hundred bucks and a bag of Fritos. And I said, sure, great. Why not? And then I thought, let me see if I can get some of my 
fancy friends on board, and I started emailing the script around to a bunch of friends, and everybody loved the script. Everybody just dug it so much, and they got back to me and said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for nothing, you know. Um, and it was kind of like, hey, kids, I got some costumes in the barn. Let's put on a show. And we next couple months later, we were all in D.C., and I had... Tate Donovan as my lead, and Noah Wiley, and Xander Berkeley, and Xander Berkeley's wife, Sarah Clark. They had been on 24 together. They'd met on 24. And I had this wonderful cast put together, and all of a sudden I became uh, sort of de facto one of the producers of the film, and I, I got a great taste for it. So I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to, to do some more of that in the future, too. But that was a, that was a, a great experience because we shot it in 19 days for 250000 I think, and it turned out really well because every, all of these actors, all of these terrific actors that have been in extraordinary projects, obviously Tate and, you know, Noah from ER and, uh, and everybody was, everybody showed up just egoless and, uh, was willing to work for very little bread. And, uh, they're carrying cables and doing craft service together and it was a real family affair. And that's kind of the way I, I love making movies. It's fun being on a big budget thing like a Michael Mann thing in Malaysia and having the big catering and the fun hotel and all that. But, there's something uh, the community spirit of uh, maybe just coming out of the theater, uh, just the community spirit of being with those terrific actors and everybody sort of pitching in to make a great little film. And we made a, a wonderful little indie film and won a bunch of awards and film festivals. And so uh, I can't wait to do the next one. That was a good that was a good experience and it was a nice little training ground for me as a producer. So we've got two more things in the pipeline that we're hoping to get off the ground uh, after the first of the year. So that's going to be cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Do you think that your experience as an actor, both in, in theater and television and movies, has sort of helped you become better behind the scenes? Do you take what you've learned from that role? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I've always been a bit of a sponge, uh, when it comes to being on a set. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not good at sitting in the trailer and staring at the walls of the trailer and st- sitting in the cross, doing the crossword puzzle guy. I like to be in the thick of it. I like to be kind of on the set and talking to the grips and the gaffers and I like to be kind of in the, in the mix of it because I, I, I want to learn as, as much as I can as well because if I want to get into the producing thing, uh, so, so yeah, I've always been, uh, uh, in between shots and setups, I like to be kind of there watching and following the director around. If it's somebody that I know, uh, you know, they'll let me kind of shadow and, and hang out with them and, uh, and, and kind of get a sense of, uh, cause it's just, it's fun to be, it's, I, it's, it's, I, I still get as much of a kick out of it now as I did when I first started out at, you know, 23, 24. I still get excited that, wow, I still get to do this. I still get to, you know, be an actor. I get to show up on set and, you know, and, and, and you know, and say lines and get to, it's fact. Acting is really fun, so it's a uh, it's a cool it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's great to see someone with your passion continuing to do what they love. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. If if you could travel it back, sounds, and, I sound really it sounds really geeky. I really do. <laughs> I sound really dorky about it, but I, I'm I'm a, um, I'm an acting geek. I guess I just uh, I, I I I'm passionate about it. But I, it's just also such it's great fun, and I love everything about it. And you know, when I get to work with friends of mine or people that I admire, um, an Allison Janney or a Richard Schiff or a Bradley Whitford or whatever, and people relationships and friendships that I've had for a long time, and and you get to work with them, and you there's a a shorthand and a familiarity with them um you know it's it's the best job in the world it really is yeah yeah well um i mean not everybody gets to learn how to knife fight in three days and gets to travel that is true um every which way 
What's the craziest thing you've ever? By the way, if if anybody ever challenges me to a knife fight, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it because I'd probably go down in a heartbeat. But <laughs> I did learn how to do Filipino Sayoc knife fighting with uh, with Daniela Rua from NCIS LA, and I had like a four three four days of uh, of really intensive training, and I never get to do like be the stunt guy. And they said you're going to do this fight. You're going to do your. We're going to choreograph, and you're going to do your own stunts. And that was uh, that was pretty cool too. But I, I think if uh, somebody cornered me in a dark alley, I'd uh, <laughs> I'd probably try to run up the wall. But at least if you were in a pinch, you could bust out some moves. I assume. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably start. I'd be, I'm the guy that would start uh, if somebody tried to attack me. I'd probably start telling jokes. I try to make them laugh. I try to laugh, you know, joke my way out of the situation. That's how. That's how I got. That's how I got out of like being bullied when I was a kid, and you know, in elementary school, I was the. I was the. I was the kid with the lampshade on his head, you know. So I'm. I'm. I'm still. I'm still. I guess I'm now the grown up with the lampshade on his head to a certain extent. But <laughs> right, it's great to see you do that comedy because your character is very. Um, sort of uh, reasons probably why you're typecast in that suit role. It's a very sort of monotoned um, thing that you can play very well. Obviously, you have a lot of other costumes monotone. in your closet. What do you mean now? What do you mean by monotone? Um, I mean your voice. You've done obviously VO work. Yeah. It's a very it's very easy to listen to. Very um, okay. Monotone. See, monotone has a different connotation. To okay. Me. Monotone. Yeah. No like stigma attached. Same, but the same same level of voice. Okay. That's not you. You don't mean that. Right. I okay. just. I mean the influxuations into. Got it. Got it. Um, what you you do normally yeah, yeah. is is less than someone like Jim Carrey, for instance, yes. who you've worked with. Yes, which is why I think that the comedy card works really well. For instance, Yes Man. That was fun. I mean, they, that, that's speaking of monotone. You're right because I I got I I played the guy as I was in a situation with one of the funniest guys on the planet, and I wanted to be funny with him and I remember sitting there and, and you know and I've got Zoe Deschanel and and Jim Carrey and I just remember thinking, God, I want to be funny too I want to be I'm in a scene with one of these the funniest cats in the world and I wanted to be funny too and and it was interesting because he was laughing so much at what I was doing which was as little as possible and I was sort of talking like this and I was sort of being the FBI kind of straight G-man and he was cracking up at what I was doing, and I was cracking up what he, what he was doing. So I guess there's, you know, everybody's uh, uh, everybody's styles are different. But it, it was interesting to see that he was able to get a kick out of what I was doing. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm, maybe maybe I have a future in this <laughs> comedy somewhere. Well, exactly. I think because that role specifically is you've done other comedies and stuff that's a little bit more outlandish. Franklin Bash, we, we talked about, um, but that. Is interesting just because it's a role very similar to what you've done, but just a tiny tweak can take it in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. That scene is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen it, watch Yes Man. You will be in stitches. Yes, um, I hope. I hope so. I mean, the whole movie. The whole movie's hilarious. The whole movie's hilarious. And I mean, of course, I think I've got the funniest scene. In the movie, <laughs> so, you know. well, yes, just <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. Um, is comedy something that you want to pursue oh, more? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm. My fingers and toes are. I'm up for one now that I can't really talk about. But I'm up for a role in in a comedy where uh, he's he's kind of a yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a straight guy. But but the comedy comes out of the the the, the stiffness of him. 
and uh, if it happens, it would be terrific because it would be uh, it would be a nice little departure from the stuff I've been doing. Because uh, I've been I've been I've been kind of living on the dark side with other than Franklin and Bash the last couple of years, and you know Yes Man, which is now three four years ago. Uh, so it would be it would be fun to do absolutely. I mean, I, I love I love comedy. I love doing it. I, I I didn't get to do it as much as once I got kind of put in that that guy in the suit thing. That sort of I sort of rode that train for quite a while, and and people didn't see me as uh, you know as being able to do a funny a funny character. And then I did a a one scene thing with Catherine Keener in a movie called Lovely and Amazing, and I played this sort of very swishy German. Guy in a in a in a sh- in a shop and in, in a scene with Catherine Keener, and and it's it, people responded to it in such a wonderful way, and all of a sudden I was being brought in for every comedy, and that's how I got Yes Man, because people went, oh, he's actually funny too, so you know it, pe- people get the, the little blinders on and the, they want to see you a certain way, and then I got a chance to do something funny, and they went, oh yeah, that's right, and you you have to remind them that. You, you know, you're you're. Uh, it's called acting. You, 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 it's, it's, we, we don't just. We're not just trained to do one thing. So uh, hopefully, more comedies will come. Well, hopefully, yes. Yeah. Speaking of departure um, and different roles, I know that you um, were a spokesperson for the National Breast Cancer Coalition. I was, yeah. Um, and I believe there's a cabaret show. Mm-hmm. That you're also involved in. Yeah, well, I did. I did a. It was a show called Lay Girls, uh, and I did it for about ten years. Uh, Perry Gilpin, who was on Frasier for many years, uh, she her mother was a breast cancer survivor, and years ago, fifteen years ago, uh, I was at dinner with Perry and Stephen Weber and Jane Krakowski, and Perry was was kind of the the, the initial seeds of putting this show together uh kind of started at this little dinner we were all having and and she turned to me one night and she said you know if i ever get this show off the ground would you be our mc and kind of host the evening and i said sure and then about two years later she called me up and she said it's happening and we're performing at the el ray theater and we've got david hyde pierce and kelsey Grammer and just a long list of wonderful people and you're opening the show and you're singing and dancing the opening number to a, a cole porter song called lay girls and I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. And I did it for 11 years, every year, every October. And every time, every time the the the, the time leading up to the show starting, I, I'm the guy like driving in his car with the you know with the CD, listening to the music <laughs> in my car, trying to learn the new song. And the last year that I did it was uh, uh, a year ago. And uh, Brian Cranston and I, the theme was the Love Boat, and uh, Brian Cranston and I were supposed to co-host it together. And he was going to be Captain Steubing, and I was going to be Gopher. And we were in Navy dress, Navy whites. And Jason Alexander was directing the show, and he came up to me about two hours before the show started. And he said, well, good news and bad news. He said, I said, the bad news first. And he said, well, the bad news is Brian Cranston can't make it because he's uh, he's stuck in Albuquerque shooting Breaking Bad, and he's not going to get, get here in time. Um, but the good news is you're going to get to do Brian's stuff as well. So you're going to get twice as much to do. And I said, how are we going to pull that off? He said, oh, it's a piece of cake. You just, you can write all of Brian's stuff down on, you know, on, on index cards. So I, long story short, I was out on stage in front of 2,000 people and all these heavy hitters and money people. And I was out on stage and I had the microphone and I'm dressed in navy whites with 20 dancers behind me. And I've got a microphone in my hand and I'm reading off of index card. It was an 
absolute nightmare. And I think that might be the last time I, I do that. I think I'm going to hang up my microphone uh, after that last one. I was Fortunately, I couldn't do it this last October because I was away working. So, um, But, yeah, I did it for 11 years, and it was a great thrill, and I was, I was really proud to have been asked to do that. So um, I'm, I'm going to keep my singing to the shower <laughs> for a while now. Yeah. Fair enough. A great cause, though. It's, Indeed. It's absolutely. Very absolutely. It's one. It's It's been uh, – my mom is a breast cancer survivor as well, and uh, it's that's been uh, as of about five years ago. But before that, uh, I mean, I did it uh, because of, you know, my love of the people and my love of the cause. And then when my mom was struck with it, it became – you know, sort of more close to home. So uh, I'm, I've been supporting it for a long time, and I'll, I'll continue to support it. That and uh, and and Project ALS, even before this whole ice bucket thing came along, which <laughs> I, I I did mine the other day. Ooh, well, excellent! Yes, yes. Um, who nominated you? Uh, a bunch of people. A bunch of people on Facebook sort of called me out, and uh, and it was and I had the it was like the 24 hour challenge, and I wasn't able to do it within 24 hours, so I did it. Uh, a couple of days later, and I ended up doing it, one of the other people that was called out was an actor friend of mine, Larry Poindexter, um, who you would recognize from a million. He's another guy from The Thing. And uh, and Larry and I decided to do it together. And um, I came up with the genius idea that I would be e- in a shower, taking a shower, and I, and I, I sort of opened my thing saying, um, I know there's a drought in California, and I don't want to waste water, so I'm going to take a quick ice-cold shower here in the comfort and safety of my own home. And uh, I was about to turn on the shower, and then all of a sudden you hear this, <clears throat> and Larry Poindexter is there in the shower with me, and he pulls the curtain back, and he's there, and, you know, wackiness ensues. And it was quite a quite a hit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that okay. video. Um, I took it down. I took it off my Facebook page. Yeah, I, just, I got some interesting we got comments. It. It's still out there in the world, so, you know, feel free. Will do. Well, um, luckily, you... Took into account the drought. The drought is real. Yes. Thank you yes, for indeed. being very environmentally Absol- absolutely. friendly. Absolutely. I'm even sipping, taking very small sips of water <laughs> exactly. when, we're, when we're done talking. Well, yeah, I don't think that's quite wasted. But I do have ice in here, so if you want, I'll, you know. Exactly. Uh, I've actually done it already. I did, I did donate before I dumped the water over my head. I, I forgot to mention that Larry did dump a bucket of ice water over my head in the shower. So I got, I got, I, I got that all taken care of. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, let's play a little game. Just going to ask you a few questions uh-uh. and um, just tell me what the first answer that comes into your head. It can be one word. Okay, James Lipton. All right, yes. It's inside the actor studio right now. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I think about coffee. My first job was. <laughs> my first job? As an actor or as a Or person? otherwise, or as a human. As a human. Um, well, before I was a human, I was a, no. Uh, my first job, I think my first job was uh, delivering pizzas at Maria's Kitchen on Barrington in Brentwood. I was a pizza delivery guy. And then I worked in a car wash. I washed cars on Pico and Sepulveda. Uh, that was another thrilling job. I was a busboy. I've been a busboy. I've sold shoes. I've waited tables. I've tended bar. I've hosted in restaurants. I've had a lot. But that my first job was, uh, yeah, I think my first job was delivering pizzas. Pizzas? Yeah. What's your favorite pizza topping? Uh, sausage and bell peppers, since you asked. Nice. Is there one, is there one coming? Do we have, do we have I one? wish we can make that happen. Okay, I know people. That, yeah. Let's get that. Let's get that going. <laughs> my favorite place in the world is? Ireland. 
Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Yeah, I spent a lot of summers there as a kid, and I, I, uh, it's, it's heaven on earth to me. So I, I can't, I can't get back there soon enough. Yeah, Ireland is a, is a, is a very special place in my heart, for sure. Yeah, it's very different from the hustle and bustle in LA. It is different, definitely different from the hustle and bustle. Yeah, for sure. So I haven't been there in a couple of years, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back there very soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We all should be so lucky to check that out. Um, something that people don't know about me is, uh, that I'm a, I guess I'm a, I'm a political junkie. Uh, I spent an inordinate amount of time watching MSNBC and CNN and, you know, reading the, reading the, reading the news. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I've always been a bit of a news junkie and a political junkie and, uh, I spend more time you know, monitoring world events and current events than actually watching television shows. Um, sometimes to my detriment because I'm so far behind on my TV watching that I have a lot to catch up on. So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, people probably know that about me. Uh, like the first thing I do on Sunday is I've got to have my, I've got to have my Sunday New York Times in my hand. I've got to have that big, thick, fat newspaper in my hand with my cup of coffee. I can't read it online. I can't do the iPad. I've got to have the thing and so I can sit there and read my paper. So that's my, yeah, that's my, uh, that's probably my, my, my big vice. <laughs> I can't, I can't start my Sunday until I've gotten through my, my newspaper. Interesting. Is, you mentioned. Terribly, terribly <laughs> exciting. <isn't it? laughs> um, you mentioned politics. Yeah. Is that something you would like to get into? Oh, God. No. It? No, I, 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 I just play one on TV. I, I, I know a lot of people in that world and from that world, and I'm, uh, I'm fascinated with it. I've gotten to spend some time there in the last couple of years. I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner uh, this past May, and it's interesting how, how and it just completely enamored Washington is with Hollywood and, and vice versa. Um, it's really interesting to see how the, the two worlds sort of collide in, you know, in May. At the, they call it the nerd prom. Uh, and I went to my first nerd prom in May, and it's it's very fascinating to see uh, to see Weird Al Yankovic, you know, standing next to uh, John McCain. I mean, it's just a, it's just a very strange, very strange uh, world. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've never had any desire to be in Congress to be one of 435, or it's a it's a it's a pretty thankless job. Uh, I don't think I would want it. I don't know that I'd be very good at it. Um, I prefer to. I prefer to do it do it on television <laughs> or a movie, but I do have a lot of respect for them the ones that the ones that do it well I do interesting uh, if you could go back in time and visit the Spencer who just started getting into acting in yeah. nineteen eighty nine what would you tell him? Go back, run away no um what would I tell him? Uh, if I, with knowing what I know now and yes. knowing what the business is like now and how the landscape has changed as much as it has, uh, if I had that, if I had that, that kind of knowledge or just going back in time, like in the Wayback Machine. Right. If you had that, that knowledge that. I would probably, uh, tell that Spencer to, uh, be 10 times more prepared than I was when I got into it. Um, because I mean that, you know, there back then, obviously there wasn't Netflix and Amazon and all these other different platforms. Um, I was trained. I mean, I, I studied, but I didn't really, really understand, uh, 
the extent of the competition and how and how doggy dog it is and how tough it is out there. So I would have probably told myself to have a little bit tougher skin because I took things very sensitively when I was when I was starting out at twenty three twenty four. Um, it's a business of rejection. You know, you, you you walk into a room and you are too tall or too short or your hair is too brown and your eyes aren't blue enough or brown enough or whatever. And and uh, the first couple of years of it, uh, even though the work came, it was difficult to uh, to walk out of those rooms and get in the car and you know and know that somebody else was going to get the job or or not. But it was uh, uh, you know nine times out of ten you're not going to get the gig. And uh, those those initial early days were very difficult, and I didn't have as tough a skin as I as I think I do now. Um, so I would uh, I'd probably tell myself to toughen up a little bit more back then, and not take it so personally, you know, because you always have hopefully another chance to get in and take another at bat, you know. Definitely, I mean. If we are all so lucky to have multiple chances, if we're all so lucky, and I and I'm 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 like I said, I I count my blessings every day. I absolutely know uh, how, how how lucky I am to have been in the business as long as I have, and and uh, and and to to get those at bats because uh, it's not. I've been doing it for twenty three, twenty four years, and and uh, and I hope to do it for another twenty four, twenty five years. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a lifer and I love it. I love what I do. And so every time you get a chance to get in at bat or every time you get a chance to walk in and in the room and audition, it's a chance to act, uh, or to be on stage and make somebody laugh. It's a, it's a great feeling. So I, 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 uh, I cherish those at bats and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy that I still get a chance to get them. Definitely. Well, you've hit some homers so far. You guys can ke- check out all Look of Spencer's the sports metaphors. You're just right oh, there. You're totally. on it. Well, hey, you brought up baseball. Okay. <laughs> uh, you guys can check out Spencer's great work. Um, in most recently, USA's Satisfaction, um, upcoming in T- TNT's Legends, upcoming Aquarius with yeah. David Duchovny, yeah. um, and feature films Black Hat and The Coup. Yep. Um, so a lot of great projects coming up and on right now. Uh, where can they find you um, on social media? Uh, I'm on the Twitters. Uh, at one Spencer Garrett, and I'm on Instagram at Spencer Garrett one. Very clever. Ooh, I know. yes, I know. Nice. Um, and then, uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, find me on Facebook. Uh, but I'm, I've been, uh, I've been tweeting for a while now, and kind of enjoying that. And so, uh, uh, so yeah, find me on, find me on Twitter, and I'll Twitter you back. Great. Tweet. 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 <laughs> tweet, tweet I yeah, believe. Tweet. tweet I'll tweet yeah. you back. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks for stopping by, guys. My uh, pleasure. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. Please come back again. We I'd do, love to. Uh, as you are involved in so many projects, we'd love to have you on as a as a guest for one of the after shows. I would love to. It would be my pleasure. Perfect. Well, thanks, fans, for stopping by. I'm your host, JB Zimmerman. You can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. See you guys next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. He's knighted. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. Yeah,